I went into Lowe's at about 4.40 p.m. on Tuesday. And a woman was standing there, and she said, there's a fierce thunderstorm warning on. Okay, whatever, thank you. <laughs> so I went and purchased something, and I came back, and I was going outside, and this is what I saw. I mean, <laughs> it was incredibly windy. And that, you know, the light pole was going back and forth and back and forth. And like three of us looking at it saying, wow, that's some thunderstorm. And it only lasted ten minutes. But it did a lot of damage. So I came home and Lori said, oh, you got to look in the back. Well, she says, look at things a lot. Uh, like, look at something on the Internet, something cute, and, and, and I'll, I'll try to do that, and, and, or something on TV. And she said, look in the backyard. I said, yeah, okay, yeah. And, uh, and so finally, someone said, the tree is down. The tree is down? Well, yeah, the tree is down. And, and so, yeah, then I looked in the backyard. <laughs> And what happened, that's our house back there in the background. Back in death. This tree goes about twice as high as this slide picture. And a third of it had fell right into my neighbor's yard. And it was a lot of tree. Now, we're used to trees falling there at the Harrison household. We've lived there 24 years, and I don't know, I think we've had like seven trees fall on our property. One fell right on top of our car <laughs> early on, and then we had one tree fall against our house and pin an electrical wire to it, one of the main ones, so we couldn't stay there overnight, so I took the boys, Wesley's here today with his wife. Brenna, and remember when we stayed overnight at Springbrook? That's a memory that will stick with us, no doubt about that. Yeah. But the great thing is I've, I've built a team over the years. I've got my go-to guys. I have two arborists who are on my team. I don't know if Dave Oates is around, but uh, he's gone all the way back with me. He was here early when Springbrook got started. And uh, then I've got Rob Allman, who goes to the church here. And so I always consult those guys. Okay, what should I do? You know. And they've helped me with so many different trees. In fact, I had two other guys that have helped me a lot in the past. They came during the week for about an hour, and they did some real damage. So when I finally got uh, my team out on Saturday morning, uh, we didn't have a lot of work to do. We had about an hour's worth and. Uh, this is the guys that came out, Andy and Mike and Adam and Brett and even Brian, a person who's been here two weeks, came out. <laughs> uh, so if you'd like to join the team, just let me know. Because I know it's going to happen in the future, so I just keep preparing. But, you know, I look at this and we're going to talk about the goodness of God today. And yeah, it was inconvenient. And I'm sorry for any of you who's House was damaged, garage was damaged, or anything like that. Uh, but thankfully, 
I almost crushed my neighbor's shed, but I uh, didn't do that. Uh, there was really no damage, and all these people came to help me, and that was the uh, mercy and grace of God onto our family, and you know, I got to hang out with these guys for the morning, and also my neighbors, who I'm trying to reach for Jesus, uh, it's a great testimony to them that we got it cleaned up uh, so fast. So, so you look at life, and, and sometimes it's really easy to see the grace of God, the goodness of God, the goodness of God. Uh, let's do something together. You've probably heard this before. Uh, what I'm going to say is God is good. And what are you going to say? All the time. And I'm going to say all the time. All right, let's practice this, okay? God is good. All the time. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good all the time. How many believe that? Raise your hand. Hey, yeah, God is good. But how good is he? Do you really believe he's 100% good? Is that the way you think about him? Does his goodness impact your thinking? Does his goodness impact your decisions? Does his goodness impact your trust in Him. Now, do we think that God is good 100%? No, we don't, do we? Because if we really believe that God is good, we'd be doing our best with the Spirit to walk as closely with Him. But we, we have a battle inside of us. We, we have a sinful nature, our flesh, that wants to do it our way. And even though we, yeah, yeah, God is good, a lot of times we think, well, maybe not. Maybe my way, I, I know my way is better. I might not say God is, you know, not right, but I won't be thinking about it. Friends, the whole idea here is with the attributes of God to meditate, think about them, let them flow through you. Because when that happens, it impacts every area of your life. That's why we're on the Real God Spiritual Adventure. Uh, that's a great time in the fall when our whole ministry is talking about the same theme. So here on Sunday mornings, up through Thanksgiving, we're talking about the attributes of God. And so I encourage you to make a commitment as an individual or a family. We're going to be here every week because we want, to, uh, we want to dive deeply into who God is. And again, we talked last week about the fact that, you know, God is just not going to download 
all this knowledge about him and integrate it into your thinking and your values and beliefs, you got to go after it. You got to seek it. You got to make it a priority. And so, my challenge to you today is to get with a team, get on the adventure. Say, hey, I'm coming every week with a family, and we're going to learn how good God is. Just like a class you would take. A lot of you guys take a class to you know, advance a career uh, and learn new skills. Well, yeah, this is the most important class you can take. Small groups studying together. That's where discipleship takes place as you get around the Bible and you, you discuss and discover it, and then you... You move into application and affirmation, a sense of accountability. That changes your life like nothing else does. In fact, I heard we started two new small groups, and we had like five new families that jumped right in. Isn't that exciting, huh? People just jumping in, excited about what God is doing. Yeah. Let's praise the Lord about that. Then the Real God book. In fact, this is the book right here. And uh, we have a woman, uh, just, oh, she's a very, very uh, uh, devoted Christ follower, very wise. And I was talking to her this past week, and she said, this book is great. I mean, this is giving me new insights into who God is. So get this book and read it. The idea is, okay, so you got a class. You show up at the Sunday morning, and you show up at the small group, and then you do your homework, right? And part of the homework, you read a chapter. And I tell you, this is a lot easier class than most of you <laughs> are taking right now, right? And then you get the small group study guide. Now, if for whatever reason you can't be involved in a small group, all you have to do is buy this back at our ministry center and put in the code, and you'll get all the... 20-minute DVDs, or, or at least streaming, uh, from Chip Ingram, who put all this material uh, together. So get this and say, okay, I mean, what other spiritual class are you taking right now? you got to work at it. you got to make it a priority. And then the family devotional, we talked about that last week. Uh, anybody do that with their kids? Anybody? I see one hand. One hand. Thank you, Robin, very much. Uh, yeah, you know, if you have younger kids, I watched the one for this week, and it's about a lost dog talking about the goodness of God. And I know families are going all different directions. Sometimes they don't even eat meals together. But dads, this is your job. to say, okay, we're going to do this once a week. We're going to watch this short video, ask a few questions, and... You'll be discipling your kids. But at the bottom of the message notes, you'll see some information on how to access that. But that was one of the things. We've been doing these for a long time. I've never seen that type of devotional that's so easy uh, to present uh, to your kids. Now, the thesis of our time together, the main message is our distorted view of God is at the root of all our problems. Now, not natural problems like getting sick, something like that. But the problems that we find ourselves in, that we enter into, 
sometimes involuntarily because somebody else is having a problem. But our problems are much more complex than they should be because we don't see God clearly. So we experience more pain than we should. We get into really unhealthy patterns because we don't understand or we don't believe in the goodness of God. You probably recognize this. This is uh, Interstate 90 going out to Rockford. Did you miss that? You've got to drive slowly. It's around, I don't know, Marengo or something. But <laughs> yeah. what God does through the Word of God is He puts guard rails up on our pathway. He puts guardrails up because if we go over the, the guardrail, well, yeah, you might be dead if you went over the guardrail. And so all of us, you know, we're driving through there. I mean, you're not speeding through there. <laughs> Have you ever gone up a mountain with no guardrails and some crazy driver? Like they think that they're driving out in the desert or something, and you're going, oh, I'm going to die. Yeah. Well, again, that's why it's great to have guardrails so we know where to go and we don't experience pain and problems. So that's crystal clear to us. But let's make that a spiritual picture. So as you look spiritually at that picture, we don't see those guardrails as sharply as we see them here. They're distorted. Right? Sometimes some, they don't see the guardrails at all. There's no guardrails as they look at that spiritual picture. Oh, that looks fun. As you understand God's goodness, the guardrails become more and more visible. The more you know God and who He is, they become more and more visible and say, yeah, that makes sense. God didn't give us commands just to frustrate us. He designed us. And He knows if we do certain things, we're going off the edge. And He doesn't want us to go off the edge. That's what we need to Know what his guardrails are and realize that ah, if I don't stay within those, sexually, financially, relationship-wise, and the list goes on. See, that's the whole part of the discipleship journey that we're on. It takes a long time to understand who God is. And so every step that you take, it becomes more clear and more clear and more clear. You know, this beautiful tree here uh, that Gary, our music director, uh, put together. I was thinking, what's the symbolism here for our series? And 
I was thinking about, if you see a tree like this, it's got deep roots, doesn't it? It's got really deep roots. It looks like an older tree. I mean, it's huge. And if we want to grow as a strong tree, we have to set our roots down and grow them down deeper and deeper into the knowledge of God. Deeper and deeper into His understanding of His attributes. Deeper and deeper into the truth that He presents in Scripture. I look at our seniors. Some of them walk with God all their lives, and I know their roots go extremely deep. And you, you parents out there, you, you want your kids' roots to go deep, right? That's why you want to teach them and tell them about who God is and help them to understand that. I talk about Moses this morning. Psalm 103.7. He made known his ways to Moses, talking about God. He acts to the people, or his acts to the people of Israel. So, of course, we, we, we all pretty much know the story of how Moses was used to deliver people out of Israel, all the plagues, the frogs, and the locusts. And, and then when they got out, they went to the Red Sea, and they were cornered. They thought they were going to die, and the Red Sea opened. And they walked through on dry land, and then it closed on Pharaoh's armies. And so Moses gets the mountain where God is going to give him his commandments, his rules to live by, which, of course, include the Ten Commandments. And so Moses goes up on the mountain, the only one, and he goes up there. And you can imagine, I mean, okay, 40 years old, left Egypt, 40 years in the wilderness, came back. So he's 80 years old now, kind of young back then. And, uh, and God is just blowing his mind. I mean, he is so captivated by God and these miracles he's seen. And Moses said, please show me your glory. I mean, God, I, <laughs> you're amazing. You're more than I ever thought. Lord, I want to see all of you. I want to know you because it's so satisfying to know you. That's what I want more than anything in my life. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. Interesting. Out of all the attributes, he chose his goodness. We'll talk about that later. And will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. Adonai, I am that I am. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. So here, God is going to reveal a part of himself to Moses. 
And I'd say probably the majority of people in the world, they think of God, they think of a judge, they think of a policeman, they think of somebody who's just really ticked off because through our different backgrounds or our parents or whatever, we, we've gotten this impression that God is only concerned about what we can do for him and we've got to do a lot for him and we know that we haven't done a lot for him and it's a proverbial saying if i stepped in a church what would happen lightning would strike me dead i'd be incinerated in a moment and why would they say that because man god hates me god wants me dead because there's no way I mean, I might as well be dead. I'm not doing any good for him. But look at what he says here. And will proclaim before you my name and tell you how just I am and how holy I am and how better people better measure up. No. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy. On whom I show mercy. But he said, You cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. Why was that? Well, because Moses was not holy, he was a sinner. He couldn't see God face to face. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And as I was meditating upon this and just picturing this in my mind, I mean, here is the almighty God, the creator of the universe. And he gives these careful instructions to Moses. Because he loves Moses. Okay, Moses, this is what we're going to do here, okay? There's a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. You stand right here, okay? And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, so a little bit behind the rock to protect you, and I will cover you with my hand until I pass by to protect me. Isn't that beautiful? How he treats Moses. I mean, he could have said anything. He said, Moses, I want you to be safe. I want to show you what I can, but I want you to be safe. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there. He stood with Moses and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Okay, here we go. It's going to happen now. Moses is in the location that God told him to be. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding instead fast love and faithfulness. 
I mean, not only did he pass through, but he spoke to Moses. And I don't know what that must have sounded like, but you know, I I just kind of get a feeling that there was a strength and tenderness in what God said. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger. Let's say it together. Slow to anger. What has Satan convinced the majority of the world about God? That he is ticked. But it says he's slow to anger. And abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Don't you just love this? He's taking Moses, he's protecting him, and he passes by. And maybe he was just saying this because Moses was, I don't know. I mean, it was an experience, no doubt. And he was just calmly saying, hey, Moses, you want to know me? I'm merciful. I, I, the things that people deserve sometimes, I hold back. And I'm gracious, I'm generous. When we think about goodness I think the best word to think about is just generosity. Generosity, God giving, God lavishing His love upon us. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Now friends, if you want to grow deep with God, you need to spend one-on-one time with Him in His Word. And you need to meditate upon His Word. So, my encouragement to you is to go home, find a quiet spot, and read through this passage. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And say, Spirit, show me how good my God is. And read it. And read it again. And read it slowly. If you want a journal, that's fine. And think. And listen. That's how your mind is renewed. A lot of us think, well, if I just listen to a lot of pastors and teachers and read Christian books, and that will do it. Now, that will help. But if you really want to get to know God, He wants you to slow down enough to let the truth of His Word Seep through your mind and your heart. And that has to be a regular discipline. It doesn't happen overnight. Oh, yeah, I took a class on the attributes of God. I think I've got that wrapped up. (laughs) No! It's a lifelong 
It's a lifelong task. It's the most important thing you can do in your life, but our culture says run, 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 run. If you want to get the most, and God's saying, no, go more slowly. Spend time with me. If you want your roots to grow deep, that's what you got to do. And the majority of Christians, they won't do it. That's why I'm always encouraging you guys, encouraging myself. Spend time with God. And it, it's not instant gratification. It's not like getting a coffee from Starbucks. Boom! You know, yeah. you know, right? It's not like that. Sometimes it is. But sometimes it's just... Uh, I, I believe you'll experience peace. And the, the point is, it takes repeated exposures. And, uh, yeah. That's what builds... The foundation. And it really goes against our culture and the way we're wired. Let's get it done. Let's get it done fast. We've got to spend time with God. Now, this is cool. Okay, Moses couldn't look at his face. Now, in heaven, no longer will there be anything accursed, no sin, no need for penalty. But the throne of God and of his Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. What do you see there? What does it say about God's face? We're going to look into God's face. And we won't die. Because what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us, He paid the penalty for our sin in order that we might stand holy before our God. We couldn't pay the price. Jesus did. We accepted it. We became children of God. And when we're in heaven, we're going to look into the face of Jesus and God the Father. Are you satisfied today in your life? How satisfied are you? Everything going well? Maybe not. Or maybe things are going well and you're still not satisfied. Hey, you're never going to be satisfied in this world. It's not going to happen. You'll experience good times and things like that. But don't be looking for satisfaction that you can only find in the presence of God the Father. And as you pursue him, you'll you'll experience some of that satisfaction along the way. You'll experience some of that satisfaction along the way. But friends, this is not the main event. And we pretend it is, and it gets us in all kinds of problems. Moses said, please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name. Why goodness? Because God is good. 
Chip Ingram talks about when he was a newer Christian and thought about you know, God being a cosmic cop and all that kind of stuff. He took this verse. He's had it on a, a card for 30 years. And this is what he used to transform, to scrub his mind, to renew This is who God is. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Now, Chip has spent 30 years thinking about that verse. Isn't that cool? That's what we need to do. Memorize God's Word. Meditate. For the Lord God is a sun. When, when we think about the sun and how it makes us world livable, and especially this summer, those days in the 70s. <laughs> oh, I'd just walk around the building and I'd feel that breeze and I'd feel the presence of God. He's a sun, He's a provider and shield. What does a shield do? It protects. When you study the Psalms, which are a great way to get to know God, it's talking about Him as a fortress, as a refuge, a present help in time of trouble. Because we're fearful people. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. And that's why we need to We need to internalize God's goodness. God knows what's going to happen in our life, and He'll be there for us. That's hard to do, but it's where we need to go all the time. No good thing does He withhold from those who walk uprightly. Now, that's not a performance thing per se. I mean, I think the idea is not that you're perfect, but that you're pursuing God. You want God. You want to, to serve Him and love Him, and He's going to bring good things your way. Right? Anybody experience that? God bringing good things your way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Psalm 145, another wonderful chapter on worship, talking about generations and generations, talking about who God is. And you, you, you your grandparents out there, that's a key responsibility, isn't it? To teach those little guys or big guys or whoever. They are. <laughs> you know, if appropriate, every time you get together, tell them something good about God. Tell them a story about your life where God came through. Grandparents are so important. I am just so thankful. Just uh, Lori's mom is living, but. Uh, they had a tremendous impact on our kids. Speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of righteousness. God is so good. How many lost power? Let's see again. All right, any more than two days lost power? 
I know one lady in our neighborhood, and she lost it. No, she got far back yesterday. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, came home. Power was out. What are we going to do? Uh, that type of thing. And, um, you know, I, I had one thing on my mind. One thing that was so important. And um, it was my bomb pops. I'm just being honest here, okay? I mean, Lori's worried about the meat. She's a logical one, but, you know. I've been trying to eat more healthy, and my treat at the end of every day is the 60-calorie bomb pop. I grew up with bomb pops. I, I don't even like to use the word popsicle. They're in a different category, really. A bomb pop. I mean the combination of the flavors. Does anybody like bomb pops like I do? Oh, thank you. There are fewer in the last service. Okay, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And I thought about my bomb pops. I just had bought two boxes at Walmart. This is a season I've been going through for like the last two months. <laughs> so I race down the stairs, and I go to our fridge downstairs, and I open the freezer, and I take the bomb pops, and I run toward the freezer, the big freezer, and I throw them in, and I slam it down. And I pray, God save the bomb pops. Now, it wasn't until Thursday, I said to Lori, did the bomb pops make it? And she says, I doubt. Oh, it's filled with energy, ran downstairs, threw it up the basement, threw it up the freezer. Oh, <laughs> they were so good. And I ate three of them just to celebrate. Now, Friday nights, I let myself go and eat a whole box. But all that to say, you know, again, what happened if it wasn't, you know, damaged or whatever, I think it's good for the power to go out on us. Right? It just stops us in our tracks. Well, what do we do? Where do we go? You know, I'd like to say that I prayed and studied over the Word, but I raced out the church to charge my batteries. Um, still working on it. And, uh, but you know, you go around, you flip on light switches, and oh yeah, the power is out. But you keep doing it. I get up in the morning, get the toaster out, and said, Lord says that's not going to work. Yeah, a simple thing like power. I mean, you think about people with hurricanes and tsunamis. I think it's good for us to realize, hey. God is really, really good to us. He really is. There's so many good things. I mean, it wasn't until in 1920, 35% of the households had power. By the end of uh, the 20s, almost everybody did. 
Now, before then, there was no power. In 1900, the average life expectancy was 47 years old. We'd be a pretty small audience. (laughs) Really? We lose perspective. And I I was reading a pastor who wrote a futurist book, and sometimes we're so down, depressed. But really, I mean, there's a lot of great things that have happened and so many good things, but we don't even have to go there. Um, God is good. Are you breathing right now? Hopefully. <laughs> now we have another situation. But um, how's your health? I know a lot of you are struggling, but you know if your health is pretty good, God is good, right? You have nice clothes on. You're better looking than the person next to you. They know it. But, uh, you know, you got a vehicle outside, maybe several vehicles. <laughs> Everybody came to church at a different time. You got vehicles. You got a house. And you have relationships. Maybe your spouse. Think of your kids. Think of your grandkids. I just want you to go out today and celebrate the goodness of God. What's the bomb pop in your life is a question. That gets you really excited. We're not going to talk about the Cubs today. We can pray for them. But sit down with somebody and just write out all you're thankful for. Because God is so good and we don't do it naturally. We default to the negative. And um, God wants us to grow to be thankful, right? It's all over. Not be anxious about anything, but everything with thanksgiving. You know, a lot of you could improve your week drastically if you went throughout it. Now we're just thankful. That shift of gratitude, I mean, of course, obviously, it's a scriptural principle But the world, you know, oh, yeah, keeps you healthy. Yeah. Let's go go celebrate God's goodness today. Every time you're anxious or uptight, bring it to God with thanksgiving and refocus on His goodness. I mean, when's the last time you had a conversation with a friend about God's goodness. Hey, let's talk about God's goodness in our lives. We don't normally talk about that, do we? But we should. We're a disciple-making family, guys. 
we lead each other, we exhort each other, we, we comfort each other. And it's all God's goodness. Go back to this passage or what other passage. Just, just meditate and let it seep into your heart. How good our God is. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord, we just come humbly before you. How oh, the world is always throwing us all types of expectations and how we need to fit in and how we need to live out the world's philosophy of life. And oh, that's why we need to be so tenacious about Christian fellowship, Christian worship. Most importantly, spending time with you. I, I just pray as people are led, maybe they just pick out a verse today that really is encouraging to them and help them to continue to go back to it because we always have to go back to you so we can see things in your perspective. In Christ's name, amen.